I my Irish uh, descent self has been blushing a lot, and I'm just kind of having a hard time uh, getting through this. But again, this is this is important things for a couple to be talking about. That's why it's so important for us to be um, recording a podcast like this because we want to make sure that you're having a thriving marriage, that you're having a thriving sex life. Because not only do we want you to have a thriving sex life and a healthy marriage. God also wants you to have a thriving sex life and a healthy marriage. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Harvey. Welcome back to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. We're so glad to have you here. Yeah, I'm Jennifer Harvey, and I'm here with my very handsome husband, Brian. And uh, we've been doing a lot of uh, conferences and seminars lately at churches. We've had a great time meeting people. Brian, what's some of your favorite stuff about the conferences these days? So I'm really liking what we do at the end with the Q&A. I just feel that that allows us to really touch people in a very practical way as people ask their specific questions. It's one thing to do the podcast, to encourage people to read the book, and even to do the presentation up in front of them. But then when couples are able to say, hey, what are your thoughts about this? We're wrestling with this, we're struggling with this, and being able to, in that moment, help that couple is really encouraging and inspiring for me. Yeah, I think that that's been great. And I, I think a lot of those questions during the Q&A, maybe I shouldn't be surprised by this, but we get so, so many questions related to sex. And that's, I mean, one of the most commonly requested topics for us to talk about as well. Normally, for our listeners who haven't been to a conference, there's three sessions that are the core of Operation Thriving Marriage. And that's the purpose of marriage, becoming one and then unexpectations. And you hear about that in the podcast over and over again. That's the core message that we bring to churches in our conferences and seminars. But then when we do a full conference, we offer two more sessions. And we've got kind of a menu of things that churches can choose from, or if there's something specific the pastor has seen, hey, we want to deal with this issue in the marriages in our churches, we can bring that into the conference. But like Jen said, communication and sex are the number one requested topics for us to do. And we got teased by uh, one of the guys at a conference last year where he came up to us because we were doing breakouts, one about communication, the other one about sex. And he said, yeah, you know, the women, they pick the communication one. So it's like, okay, husband picks one, the wife picks the other. I'm I'm going to, and the rest of the guys are going to pick sex. And those two sessions were the, the most heavily attended sessions at the conference. And again, not because of us, but because of the topics. And because those are two areas that most couples feel they need help with. I think sex in particular, though, there's two main reasons we get asked to talk about sex so much. One, it's just kind of a difficult topic to talk about on a Sunday morning. In, in, just in the, the regular Sunday service where the pastor's speaking. Yeah. Right. You don't know who's there. I mean, you certainly, I mean, it's not, it's not kid appropriate, right? I know some churches have done, hey, this is a PG-13 sermon or different things like that. Trying to, they know that this is an important topic that we need to discuss, but there's some sensitivities there, or even sometimes because of someone's past, it's not 
they're not ready to hear the types of things they need to because they're dealing with some own healing and different things and walking through that. It's a variety of people. You have marriage, you have singles, you have people who are engaged. Like you said, you might have much younger people there. Right. Yeah. But I think another one is, I mean, let's just be honest. I've never met anyone that wouldn't like to have a quote unquote better sex life, whatever that means to them. I mean, they, I've, Hey, yeah, I'd like it to be better. You know, everyone's, everyone wants that in some way and it means something different to every person, but that's something that is just a common thing people are looking for. And and I think there's a lot of different ways that couples could look to improve their sex lives and it all really depends on what's going in the going on in their marriage at the moment. And I think that one of the common things that can happen is that couples can fall into kind of a rut sexually. In other words, sex happening the same ways, the same time, the same place. Yeah, it's I mean, a sexual routine it's often a good thing for couples, you know, especially those who find it difficult to be spontaneous because of work schedules children in the house. There have even um, medical disorders, particularly um, sleep disorders, that, you know, just before you go to sleep isn't the best time, things like that, or whatever it is where scheduling sex and having that sexual routine can be a very, very positive thing for couples. As a matter of fact, we were asked that um, by a couple at a conference last year, and they were saying, is it okay for us to schedule sex, or or is that somehow a bad thing to do? And I would say that would be your most looked forward to and most enjoyable appointment of the day, right? Get that one on the calendar. (laughs) Nothing wrong with putting that on the calendar and having that more formally in your schedule. Um, I, I think it's wise to be open to other things and also be open to a cancellation in case something happens where that wouldn't be able to occur. But it, it is important to make sex part uh, of of your marriage and have that be frequent, whatever that means to each couple. Yeah, prioritize sex because there's great value in that and strengthening your marriage. And so putting it on the calendar, having that scheduled, especially for people that it may not happen if we don't, mm-hmm. you know. For some people, if it's on the calendar, it's definitely going to happen. Um, But for many couples, this routine can become a barrier to true intimacy. No, it can it can feel like they're just having sex because, well, that's what we're supposed to do. That's just what we do. We're married now. Okay, Tuesday night. You know, that's the night. Um, And the promise and purpose of intimacy can get lost sometimes in that routine that they're facing. And if that's you today, we're going to give you some ideas to help you get out of that sexual rut. You're not alone. So here we go. We're calling in that tow truck to get you out of this rut. (laughs) Um, First thing is communication is sexy. It just is. Um, Men and women communicating about sex is sexy. And let's just be honest. The times that you've talked about sex with your spouse have become times when you've been more interested in sex and your body has been responding to the thoughts and the words and the expressions that you've been having during that time. If you're in a sexual rut, talk about it. And you can just tell your spouse 
how you're feeling about being in this rut, whatever that rut is for you, and, and talk about how things are now and what's good about it, but then also talk about what you'd want to have be different. Is is that going to be more spontaneity? Is that going to be different positions? Is that going to be different times of day, different days? How are you going to sort all of that out? There are a lot of those unexpectations in the bedroom because couples haven't learned how to talk about their expectations regarding sex. So what are your expectations, uh, unexpectations? What are your spouse's unexpectations? Are they unshared? Are they unvoiced? Are they unreasonable? There are some things that you need to do to be able to talk about it. And full transparency here, guys, this is literally take two of this podcast because I my Irish uh, descent self has been blushing a lot and I'm just kind of having a hard time uh, getting through this. But again, this is this is important things for a couple to be talking about. That's why it's so important for us to be um, recording a podcast like this, because we want to make sure that you're having a thriving marriage, that you're having a thriving sex life, because not only do we want you to have a thriving sex life and a healthy marriage, God also wants you to have a thriving sex life and a healthy marriage. Hey, Jen, thanks for sharing that, because we have this ministry. We wrote this book. We talk about sex in public a lot, but just because we do that doesn't mean it's always easy. We're still learning ourselves how to be more open in communication and walking through that. So no doubt be encouraged if you're struggling sometimes to talk about sex with your spouse, because it's not something that is taught. It's not something easy to learn. And we're muddling through this, trying to improve communication. We hope you will do the same thing. Well, so historically, this is not something, at least in the American church, that has really been talked about. I feel like 20 years ago, it seems like uh, a lot of pastors were trying to be kind of edgy and saying, hey, guys, take you, take your wives to bed. And I don't know how helpful that was because some of that could be, of course, objectification and things. So we always, when talking about sex, it, it, we want to make sure that we're of course, relating that back to God's design in the Bible, but we want to make sure that we're not rolling with whatever culture is saying because we want to be focused on God's eternal truths. Exactly, exactly. And as we get back into um, these here, we talked about communication. Communication outside the bedroom is huge and vital to a thriving sex life, but communication during sex is also incredibly important and communicating during sex will help you get out of that rut you're in. Uh, use body language to guide your spouse, to let your spouse know what you want, what you don't want, and how to how to please you sexually. Let them know what's going on. Use words. Actually talk about things. Talk about what you want. And, and it's important, you know, not to just use your words to talk to your spouse, but also make sure that you're listening uh, to your spouse. And again, your spouse is going to use body language. Your spouse will also be able to use words to guide you. You can ask questions and listen to the answers too. make a point um, to really see what your spouse wants and, and discover that. You can't give them what they want sexually if you don't know what it is that they want. And you want to make sure that you're also paying attention to your spouse during sex. And you want to be understanding and paying attention and, and noticing what they respond to what you do and how they respond. Do they like that? Do they not like that? 
And then the next thing we're going to talk about, we're going to call this mindful sex. Oh boy. Are we chanting? No, om, there's no ohms no. or any weird yoga things like that. What didn't the, 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 the artist, the singer sting, wasn't he talking about like tantric sex or something? This is different, That's right? Something different, something totally um, different. This, so mindfulness isn't some weird new age practice for people trying to find some sort of self-actualization. Phew. Mindfulness is a practice that athletes, leaders, many people do, therapists do just to deal with anxiety and stress. Mindfulness is a practice of focusing your mind completely on the moment you're in. So when you're thinking about dealing with anxiety or stress, they tell you, okay, sit down, notice where your feet are. Notice your feet feeling the floor. Notice the feel of the clothing on your body. Notice the sounds. Don't evaluate the sounds are good or bad. Just notice them. Notice the smells. So practice this during sex. Be aware of everything that's going on. You'll find that this makes the experience better for you and your spouse. It requires just a little bit of diff, um, discipline for your mind because it's easy for everyone at points to get a little distracted, for their mind to wander during sex. That's normal. And just disciplining yourself to bring your mind and your focus back to what you're doing down to the tiniest little detail. Another thing you can do is you can plan a sexy vacation. Mm. <laughs> so, hey, something you can do is you can get a hotel room in another town for the weekend or just for the night. Um, have someone watch uh, the kids and then take time to explore your sexuality together. And sometimes that different location and being able to change things up, you know, you have privacy, you know, you're not going to have any interruptions that that can help bring out the artist in you, if you will, when it comes to sex and sexuality there. Another thing is make out more, you know, what? Yeah. Making out allows you to focus on each other without racing towards sexual climax. You can focus on the communication and the intimacy before um, the sexual experience. And also, making out increases arousal. If sometimes in this routine, it's just it's been more difficult to be ready, to be aroused, spend some time making out. So once a kiss, according to research, once a kiss passes the six-second mark, your brain starts getting flooded with hormones, including the oxytocin um, hormone, that bonding hormone, and increases feelings of intimacy and closeness, along with a bunch of other hormones that will improve the sexual experience. I was reading an article recently, and the article I read encouraged couples to make a pact to kiss for at least 10 seconds straight Every day to get really? the yeah to get the benefits of those hormones that are produced when you're kissing. Is that a proposition? Yes. Sounds like it. Okay. So another another one, guys. Spend time together naked, both of you naked. Skin to skin contact helps produce oxytocin, which, as we said before, is the bonding hormone. And it's also responsible for that sexual climax or the orgasm. So naked time together. <laughs> One of the barriers to thriving sex can be body image. And this isn't just for women. Men can feel this way too. When you're insecure about your body, when you don't feel good about the body that you're in, it's easy for that to be a barrier to 
experiencing the fullness and the wonder that sex has for you. And if you spend time together naked, you can overcome some of those insecurities that you may be experiencing that could be creating barriers for that thriving sex life that you want. Remember, Adam and Eve, according to Genesis, were naked and unashamed. And that's not just merely a metaphor for being emotionally open. It was a fact. They had no clothes on. They were naked in front of each other with no body image issues. And might might I just say, too, that you might want to do some experimentation with lighting because sometimes people want the bedroom to be completely dark. You Some people want lights on. Some people want like some candles or, or, or like another source of light that's not so harsh, but you still have light. So those are some things that you can talk through and, and do some experimentation with to see what might work best for you and your spouse. It can be really easy for couples to get into a sexual rut. That sexual routine for some can be wonderful, but it can for others be a limiting factor to experiencing the true intimacy that sex was created to provide. So we hope we've given you some ideas that will help you mitigate those limiting factors and build that thriving sex life in your marriage that God has for you. And as you try these, you're going to discover your own ideas. You're going to try different things and different experiments um, together and enjoy that time. Break out of the rut and build the deeper intimacy in your marriage. Thanks for joining us on the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast. We ask that you would please like, subscribe, and tell your friends about our podcast so that more people can become aware of us. Thank you. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to OperationThrivingMarriage.com. That's OperationThrivingMarriage.com.